Season 2018, what an interesting year for the mighty Swannies. There were highs and lows. O'Flo's running goal to finish off the Dogs. The final quarter comeback at the second home, the Cattery. The Ben Ronk show against the Hawks and Aaliyah's match winner against North. Hitting rock bottom and losing to the Gold Coast. The missed opportunity against Hawthorne to make the top four. The ugly elimination final exit to the Giants. Buddy, the All-Australian captain, Alex Johnson. There's so much to go through, and we're ready to reflect on all of it. This is True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And today on the show, you guessed it, we're reflecting on the Sydney Swans 2018 season and announcing the True Bloods Player of the Year. And of course, we'll be going through everything else Sydney Swans as well. My name's Tom Flanagan, and I'm joined tonight in the Podular Media Studio, as always, by Madison Clark, Ben Andrew, and Dave Baxter. Fellas, what a crazy year it was for the Swannies. A bumper season review, boys. Bumper. Here, we go. Bumper. Here we go. Lots to get into, Deeps. There is, Benny, and uh, there's definitely a lot to reflect on, and uh, can't wait to hit it with all the boys. I'll tell you what, Deeps, I think I speak for all of us when I say it is extremely hard in our old age to remember back into the season that was, but we'll do our absolute best, Tommy. Indeed. And uh, yeah, it was a crazy year, wasn't it? We um, started off like a house on fire over in the West, Big Bud. Uh, got us ignited with eight goals against the West Coast Eagles. Luke Parker kicked goal of the year, and that was a great way to get things started. Hopefully it is goal of the year. Yeah, I, I really Surely. hope so. I'd be, well, uh, everyone uh, get their votes in. I think that's how it's done these days. The old, yeah, I got uh, my vote for Lukey. Pu- the public votes in there. So, yeah, get around our boys in that for sure. Yeah, Haynes for the mark of the year as well, yes. of course. Should have a couple of winners there, actually. Yeah, they should both win. Yeah, I would have thought so, boys. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Get around him. Um, so, off, wait, off the top of the program, um, actually annoyed about something that happened uh, out of the club uh, not long ago, and that's Alex Johnson not being offered... Our man. ...a playing contract for 2019, and I think that's pretty rough. Um, AJ, we said after the, the club came out after the Melbourne game and said we'll back him in his recovery, and we haven't. We've uh, And he's been a, a legend, and the effort that he's put in... Um, to get back out on the park in the last six years has been extraordinary. And I think, you know, with, with Hanabry going, um, we lose another crucial part of, you know, what, what we've had um, in our culture for the last few years, Alex Johnson, and I'm gutted to see him go. Yeah, definitely, Tommy. Um, look, as hard as it is for me to say, I, I think it is the correct decision with um, not having, with his body just not being reliable. Unfortunately, sometimes it just comes a point um, where enough is enough. And yeah, he said he wants to sort of continue his AFL career and go on to um, to find another club if he could. Um, but he's been through a hell of a lot and I can't even comprehend how much work it's going to take um, to get back on the field. But um, I'm sure this, the club will stand by him as such, um, but they'll try to get him somewhere else if if they can facilitate that as well. I think it's devastating. I, it, it is such a tragic end to the story. I stand by what I said, though, when it, when it happened. The only silver lining that I think you can take out of it is that the club is clearly taking a no-nonsense, hard-line approach on list management and, and how we protect the club going forwards and the reality is as as devastating as it is to say it it is the right call yeah that's i wholeheartedly agree with both of you i see where you're coming from tommy from a cultural perspective i think a, a lot of questions it hurts all of us yeah exactly a lot of questions are being asked about what's going on 
uh, up in uh, up in Swaneyland at the moment. But I actually really I like the aggressiveness of you know bit of bit of cutthroat sort of I guess business. It's a business at the end of the day, and if you're not getting the productivity from someone and we've stuck by him for so long, I think at some point you've got to bite the bullet and move on, surely. I'd argue the counterpoint that if, if he doesn't come back and return, it, it's an embarrassment this season. We end up just diving out of the finals, missing out. The reason, he comes back, and that's the only reason we get on a, a good little run there I, I towards don't think, the end. I don't think you can say that's the only reason that we got off got on a good run. We were at rock bottom after the Gold Coast game, after the Essendon game. He comes back for the Collingwood game. We somehow lift back to a, a great level of footy just instantly. And I think him coming back that whole week, being announced on the Wednesday, it brought up the spirits of everyone. And then we got on a little bit of a roll and won three in a row and got back into the finals. I, I, and I think without that, we might have, well, I can't say definitively, but it didn't look like at that point that we were going to get back on the horse. Yeah, it did give us a little bit. There's no doubt it just gave us that little bit extra. We got over the line in a couple of games, but I do agree with what you were saying, Benny. It's good to see um, that harsh yeah. list management. Like we, We've come out with the, with the Hanbury thing, with the Gary Rowan. We've hit in, we're hitting the nails on the head, um, and unfortunately um, AJ has been on the end of that as well, I guess. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's more of a silver lining to to the... The unfortunate sadness that comes with this story. Yeah. Because none of us can say a bad word about AJ. And we all have had his back. Swans fans will love AJ forever. Yep. Absolutely. Always a Sydney Swans Premiership player. Always. And we, Deeps, to touch on what you say, we haven't seen this from the club. We haven't seen this kind of... Oh, I don't even know how you say it, but this is kind of cutthroat nature to to or, or the, a cutthroat approach to list management. It's we nearly, haven't yeah. seen it, and I think it's an it's an exciting thing for us to see if you completely blindside yourself to the victim here, especially, which is which is effectively AJ. Especially when we're coming off a few years that have been significantly disappointing in how we've gotten so close but not yeah. made it. You'd need yeah. to see that sort of proactivity in terms of list management, like you just said, Benny. Mm. It's Yeah, it's a, it's a point to make. You think we made a grand final in 2016 and we're pretty successful through that time. That's probably part of the reason we've been able to carry AJ for so long with his knees. Mm. Um, if we weren't that successful, he could have been out earlier. Yeah, but, um, I'm just, I just think it's a brutal finish, though. It is. Oh, it's yeah. gunning. It's absolutely gunning. And, it's uh, absolutely gunning. The, re- no one's- the re-rookie option wasn't on the table, which is... It's already yeah. happened. It's already happened twice. I think. It's how many times can you go again? I, yeah. I, I don't think you can write him off. Um, he, he's shown he can come back and be play some pretty good footy. It's he played some good footy in those two games. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's shattering. shattering. You got to make I'd the love call to, at some point, though. Love to see him get a go somewhere else. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be great. Or, yeah, or e- even at local footy, he'd absolutely shred it at local footy if you wanted to give it a go there. AJ, but um, fa- in the uh, in Northern, Northern Footy League, League. In the Northern Footy League, come down, AJ. I'd love to call you. Eighty-eight point um, six, Plenty Valley FM. That's it. Get on it, mate. Grand final <laughs> this weekend, McLeod versus West Preston Lake. So I get around it. Um, but congratulations to Alex Johnson on a Absolutely. magnificent Sydney Swans career. Twenty twelve Premiership player, and we'll always love him for that. And yeah, it's a just a really unfortunate 
set of circumstances that he has to depart the club in this way. But yeah, hope he uh, still loves the club because we love him. Moving on, and we've got another very important announcement. The inaugural True Bloods Player of the Year, Year Award. We've been doing this all year. You've been putting in your five, four, three, two, ones after every single Sydney Swans game. And now is the time to announce the winner. Who do you reckon it is, boys? I'm not too sure. Where are we going to start? How low do we go? Well, all right. Let's, let's start at uh, fifth place. Fifth place in the True Bloods Player well, of the Year Award. Tommy, I think you should tell us. No, I, think I think it would be <laughs> fitting that you should tell the story here, Tommy. With 28 votes, a heroic performance throughout the whole campaign in 2018. The big chief, Callum Sinclair, outstanding. Tommy, I don't think any Sydney supporter anywhere could be prouder of the year that that man has put in under great adversity, he has absolutely shone through. And it's been a pleasure watching him. He stood up. He stood up. That's the only way that you can really sum up his year accurately. We needed Cal to have a huge year. We needed him and to he beat And he did. He smashed it. He's he proven to, to beat 100%. 100% of the time. And he's proven to the competition that he's a star. He's yeah, a star yeah. player. Absolutely. It's such an important role on the ground. Um, have a look at the, the two Premier Ruckman, you could say, sort of Gorn and Grundy make all Australian. Um, the role that Chief played for us this year can never be undermined. It was absolutely massive. Phenomenal. Um, and he, he dominated some games too, and he's just follow-up ability. I think that's where his best asset lies, for sure. He was only really dominated once, and that's by Stefan Martin. Yep. Every other contest, you could confidently say he either won or broke even. It's outstanding. That is Outstandingly just, consistent and just... There's ne- not many Ruckman you can say that about. Yeah, his endeavour never waned at any point throughout the year, despite everything having to go into pretty much every ruck contest for the whole year. Outstanding. It's going to be interesting to see how he does go next year with a little bit of support for yep. once. He's yep. had to do it by himself all year. So. We'll have to see him go forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I want to see Sinkers. <laughs> a bit of a personally. scoreboard, scoreboard impact. Benny. You know I love it, boys. Yeah, good. <laughs> no, nothing gets the uh, the motor ticking. Like a bit of scoreboard impact. So, Mads. So fifth place with 28 votes, Callum Sinclair. And equal fourth we move on to now. And it is the skipper, the one and only, JPK. 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 Joined the, by really, his counterpart. Well, a partner in crime in the middle of the ground, also on 36 votes, Lukey Parker. The vice captain. Um, now, we talk about Joey Joey Kennedy, and people have been saying statistically, Debs, that he hasn't had the greatest year, but you just have to look. I believe it was, what, round six? I was about that skilled stadium when he just said, boys, here's my shoulders, hop on, we're going to get this done. And that was, have you seen a more uh, clear, cut, dry, complete final uh, captain performance? It was just unbelievable to watch. It was massive, Mads. uh, Seven clearances? You took the words out of my mouth there. I was about to say, how good was that game down at Geelong? It's just that, that moment in the season where he, I think he had been down a bit in those first few rounds and people coming for his head. JPK comes to the party, eight clearances or something in that final quarter where we kicked eight goals, probably our best quarter of the year really. Um, got the four points and that's sort of kick-started um, what we got done this year. It's, it sort of frustrated me because the only reason that people 
said uh, he kept coming up all year, and they said that he was a bit a bit light on considering. It was clearly not a hundred percent for parts of the year. Correct, but I mean, it's only because everybody holds him to such an unbelievably yep. high standard. It's very difficult to stay at that level. Um, year after year, so you, you're still giving him uh, much more than a pass mark for his uh, 2018 campaign, Tommy, I would have thought. Yes, certainly, and Lukey Parker, the reigning Bob Skilton medalist, followed up his year last year with another great 2018. Yeah, if you ask uh, old Lordo, the old Velvet Sledgehammer, pretty quiet by uh, by all reports last year, <laughs> Luke Parker, but um, no, God, wasn't he absolutely sensational this year? Again, again, hard as a cat's head. Hard as a cat's head. He's just one of the toughest blokes going around. And uh, he's definitely one of those midfielders that goes forward, um, really can take that contested mark as well. Um, it, it's massive to the way we play, having that weapon that can go forward and hit the, the scoreboard like he does. A little bit different to sort of Josh Kennedy, I think. Kennedy's more you run through, kick from 50 when Parks can really be that target. And um, really good to see uh, another solid year from Parks. When you need a goal... You get it from Lukey Parker. Bloody oath. You talk about contested grabs. Yep. The only thing better than his contested grabs is his set shot accuracy. He just doesn't miss. He's yeah. very good. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I remember when we needed we needed a goal in the fourth quarter uh, against Hawthorne at the MCG. And I was sitting there watching it with a mate of mine who's quite well informed. But Luke Parker took this contested grab. Yes, Jez, you must be nervous. There's one thing you don't want. It's a midfielder lining up at a set shot. I said, oh, mate. Oh. I said, with a couple of froffies under the belt. I said, just watch, mate. You just watch. And I, th- I think you can pinpoint another one against GWS when no one could kick a goal in the sort of late, in the third quarter there, going into last quarter, halfway through that quarter. Um, Bud got it to him. Uh, I think he may have missed that one, actually. I'll stitched him up there, but he definitely kicked a good set shot in that last quarter as well. Um yeah, very good from Parks. And to add to that, he's just a maniac inside, and we we take Berserk. that we take that as a, just a standard Absolute from him. Bull. Yeah, but there's no doubt about it. He, he, he's I, unreal. I think that. he's just one of those players that gets marked really hard by the general media as well. Like yep. he, he's been very solid this year, more than serviceable. But people sort of say he's been down, but very good for us. I think on the back of all that, Debs, it was really good, and we were talking about being a bit more cutthroat in terms of list management. I found it really comforting that Tom Harley came out and unequivocally said, we will not be trading Luke Parker. I thought that was a really strong way to come out and just defend those rumours because that would be an absolute travesty. Yeah, can't have lost, that. Uh, That'd be a blow. Parker, yeah. It would have been a blow. So Lukey Parker in equal third with Josh Kennedy on 36 votes, moving into second place and one vote ahead of those two boys on 37 votes is the big Budwa, the GOAT, the, the All-Australian captain, Lance Franklin. Trained and for 20 minutes, came second. That's unreal. Just gets it done no matter what, Bud. He's amazing. Someone uh, actually asked me at dinner last night, do, do I actually like Buddy? <laughs> now, I, you know, this... This question came from someone who likes their footy but doesn't love it, doesn't follow it religiously. Clearly. And I obviously I didn't I didn't take any offense, Dave, so I didn't create a scene. <laughs> I simply said of Bud what Gary Ablett Jr. says about his dad. He is someone who can do things on a football field that no one else can do. Correct. We'll yep. say it once and we'll say it again, Benny. Absolutely. 
he's, he's unbelievable. For I think the way he's gone this year, when his body is clearly, it's nearly been nowhere. Um, to train 20 minutes for the year, and it got worse as the year went on. He didn't come good after that GWS game. Um, unbelievable. Just the way he goes on to that left boot, when he, when you get that mark just outside the 50, there's not many that can kick it from there. There's maybe one or two in the comp, and to have a, a gun like that, you, you can't underestimate how important he is. I, uh, I read a post on the Sydney Swans group that I feel... On Facebook? For mine. Ben for Andrews, yours, Matt. Sums up the big boudoir from our man, Josh Marr. Love this from Joshua. Oh, this is huge, Debs. Have you, have you read this? Have you seen this? Have you heard well, about this? You're in for a treat. Well, I'm excited. This is large. Buddy Franklin, a generational player and arguably the best centre-half forward in the last 30 years. Plays on one leg all year, misses four games and was still in the race for the Coleman with two rounds to go, despite Debs being on the receiving end of some of the worst quality and lowest numbers of inside 50 entries in the comp. One of the few who can turn a game off his own boot. One of the few forwards who can take up the slack of our midfielders. One of the few who can deliver a ball inside our forward 50. I reckon he would be like kicking the ball to himself at times. A forward who regularly finishes with more metres gained than most midfielders. No one and I mean no one, does more to drag us over the line as consistently as he does, and people still question the value. What more do we want from the man? Well said, Josh What Martin. more can you yes. get from the man? That is enormous, and it's so true. People who say he hasn't been worth the money don't know a thing about footy deeds. Oh, he's worth every penny, Mads. Uh, it's... Yeah, it's crazy to say he hasn't been valued to us. He has won that many games off his own boot. Yeah, we haven't turned it into the flag that everyone would have liked to see. Yet. Um, yet, exactly right. But, um, yeah, you can't he's question not, He's not tied to that. And we are on the 1K countdown. He's sitting on 917 goals, 83 to go. Enormous. Can oh, he's he, there. He's there. Well, well, yeah, we'll see whether it's next year if he has an amazing year uh, or the year well, after, possibly. if we fix possibly. up our forward entry, Tommy, bloody... Bloody hope so. That'd be nice. That'd be good. So, uh, Bud in second place. 37 votes for Lance Franklin. So, that just leaves one more. First place. And now, I can announce the winner of the inaugural True Bloods Player of the Year Award is the Pride of the Academy with 44 votes. Congratulations, Isaac Heaney. That's the clip to Millsy there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unbelievable year from Haynes. Unbelievable. And we have sung his praises on so many occasions in this uh, this studio. Uh, And from our living rooms, from stadiums, he has just had a superb year. And there is no doubt, whilst we talk about this season as though it was a bit of a missed opportunity, it was not because of the efforts of that man. Yes. He was just consistently above 25, 30 touches and hitting the scoreboard. And he was hard. He was tackling. He was running. He was doing everything. Is it nearly a little bit of Mr. Fix-It for us? Yeah, um, he was this year for sure. Um, he's, the word, I think, when I think Isaac Heaney, is class. Yeah. He's clean, he's a clean with the footy. There, there was this one handball against Melbourne at the G where first goal of the game, the, just this ball came out of the pack, straight down Papley's throat, snags a goal, and you think, oh, shit, who did that come from? Isaac Heaney. There's only so many who can be that clean with the footy and can just 
go where he needs to go, whether he's playing the loose man in defence or go forward to get us a goal. Um, he was unbelievable this year. He'll top our Brownlow count. Surely. Oh, he, he he's such to. an eye-catcher. That... He has to. And you've got to remember, a lot of, a lot of his run, uh, and I don't say this to take away from his efforts this year, but you've got to remember that a lot of the defensive efforts of the midfield go towards Kennedy and Parker uh, that frees up Heaney to be a more damaging player. Yeah. And when, when you've got a bloke streaming down the field with the ball in his hands and hitting the scoreboard, that's what catches the eye of umpires. So I, I've, I'm very interested to see uh, to, to see where Haney finishes up because there's a lot of value, I think. If you're forecasting four years in the future, would you say the captain. tag captain might be uh, put onto Isaac at some point? I don't think I could disagree with that. Highly Tommy. likely. Um, very likely. Definitely, mate. Yep. Goes he was, out of the um, right way. He was criticised, and you bring up a good point, and he was criticised later in the year for his lack of defensive efforts. But I disagree. You're, you're, I thought that was garbage. No, I, I know. And you're you're hitting the nail right on the head in saying that you can't have all your midfielders down there putting in defensive efforts. You have to have somebody who's ready to to receive and uh, outside and get us, run. Yeah, exactly right. So tell me, tell me a game where you thought he didn't he didn't tackle hard enough. Yeah. No. Tell me, tell me a game. Yeah, he's a bull. He's, he's got that rugby back. Bull. And then the tell me that he doesn't have enough money defensive efforts. For God's well, sake. You, you look at his... When we read out the numbers for the votes every week, you'd see intercept possessions, you'd see score involvement, you'd see clearances. He's such a balanced operator. Yeah, inside just, 50s. All, all um, key components of the game, he excels at, Isaac. So, pretty complete player. Love it that he's on our side. Absolutely love him. A deserved inaugural winner. Isaac Heaney, the winner. How are we going to give it to him? I don't, know. I don't even know. If, what, what, we'll find out. We'll we'll we... we might just have to slide into the old DMs <laughs> to the old Isaac Heaney. We'll, uh, we'll, leave, that, we'll, we'll leave that to you, Dave. Yeah. You seem pretty proficient with that. Yeah, but you know, the old DM slides pretty well from me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, why don't we get to a break and then in the second seg, we'll take a look at the 2018 season game by game. What do you reckon, we boys? Continue our bumper. The season bumper review. season review. Back in a sec on True Bloods. You're listening to True Blood, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Bloods. Now let's get stuck right into our season review. And we'll bumper start... season review. Bumper. And we, we like a bit of bumper here on True Bloods. And let's get started with round one. Over at Optus Stadium, we took on the West Coast Eagles to get things started in season 2018. And it was a great game. What awesome game of footy. What a promising start. Oh, Bud, eight goals. We kicked 18-7. Well, at three-quarter time, it was just the five points the difference. But then we piled on seven goals to three in the last quarter. Uh, Georgie flew and took a big hanger on McGovern. Um, it was Lukey Parker with a bicycle kick over the head for goal of the year. And Big Bud, of course, as we've mentioned, eight goals to get us over the line. Wasn't it just the dream start? And, Tommy, I remember when in the infancy of this uh, monolithic podcast <laughs> that we've uh, spent a year talking shit on, um, we were talking about how great it would have been to kick off the uh, the first game at Optus Stadium with a Swannies win, and we did it in such style. First team to ever win at Optus Stadium, and that'll always be us. And it just shows how that uh, the potential, I hate using the word potential, but the year started off with that much potential. 
not many teams went over to Optus and won this year. No, nope. not many and, at all. And you see West Coast in a prelim now. Like, sure, yeah, people are playing their best footy at different times a year. But um, Bud kicking eight, um, looking really promising uh, for a, a bumper start to the year. For sure. Round, round. Rose his heel, though. And, uh, yes, he did. Probably significantly affected our season. But anyway. Yeah, uh, then round two, we went up to the SCG, which should have been a happy hunting ground for us in season 2018. But uh, we started things off well the way we finished at the SCG, pretty much. Port Adelaide game, we just fumbled. Um, and That's what I remember really the fumbles. clearly. We were just yeah. not a clean side. Nah. Nah. Uh, quote unquote, Madison Clark, though, in the pod following. Make no mistake about it, Port of the real deal. Turns out, <laughs> Port are not the real deal, Madison. They never were. No, no, it turns out. And they hey, look, look, it happens. Everyone's got to talk up Port once, that's you know, yeah, to learn their true. lesson. That's true. That's so true. up at halftime in that game, boys, and yeah. uh, didn't run out the game. That was a consistent theme throughout the year. So, um, but we never broke away from them. With we didn't. The run that like, we, with the run that we had, and... with the run that we had. In the first half, days we just never got away from them. That's that it. was the problem because we were just so, we were so cluttered. Uh, we just couldn't couldn't get a clean. And just clean not clear, kick. Clear. I remember McVeigh having a, a fairly solid game, but uh, yeah, it just it was slippery. But we just weren't clean. The uh, the beginnings of the farewell tour. Oh yes. Uh, round three at the SCG, and we uh, were able to knock off the GWS Giants for the first time of season 2018, and it was a great performance from, from all. Uh, Buddy Franklin kicked one of the more memorable goals of the year that don't argue to Nick Haynes to finish off the Giants there in the last quarter, but it was the big chief who was best on ground, kicking three oh, goals, man. taking some big pack marks and dominating in the ruck. First, The first of his uh, um, probably... Def- season-defining performances that he put in throughout the year. That one was an absolute beauty from Kel. Correct. A hundred percent it was. And the goal from Buddy, when we were really starting to get a wriggle on to just give the uh, the don't argue to Haynes and then kick it from, what, 70? Enormous. So, Leon, yeah, Leon Cameron's face was priceless after that happened. Always That's in control right. that day as well. That's what we talk about, good. though. He's the one that does things that no one else can do. Dave. That's it. Uh, Mills, Mills, he was good off halfback as well. Had Smashing the 26 touches and can never be underestimated the loss um, yep. that Mills was to us this year. And I think him coming back next year is going to be massive for us. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Bulldogs in round four at Etihad Stadium. And it was O'Flo's oh, running Flo. goal that finished off them. We... But, but should he have stopped and held up the game, boys? Absolutely <laughs> not. And, and Certainly not. That's the thing. We've harped on about it all year, Tom. That's what we want to see. We want to see that kind of daring... Football that uh, take it on in the forward half. Perhaps go for it. Isn't the directive that they're getting, but Get hopefully pu- we'll see I more just, of it. Yeah, I, I remember being well and truly half cut. Full, full as a state school. Full, <laughs> full as an old man's boot. Next to Flo's mum. Uh, next to Ollie's mum, <laughs> and I had no idea that it was her. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking the scores were level, and he just kicked a game winner. I thought it was, yeah, anyway, I was having a great time. Don't know about you boys. Uh, let's also think back. Alir Alir had a nightmare that An day. Shocker. Yeah, yep. An absolute shocker. Didn't look anywhere and near like the player who's going to become. Around. Yep. Absolutely. He was bought in, like, probably wasn't ready. 
Um, we must have had some injury troubles. I can't remember yeah, why did. he came in. Yeah, but he um, was appalling. He was no good playing up yeah. forward. Um, obviously out of position. It was, but, that um, was when Reedy went down. So Reedy's yes, out now. Yeah. Uh, at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, a tricky one. For but him. important but we got, win. Got the, important got the win. four points. Yeah, it, it was a tough grind. The Bulldogs really made us fight for it in, in that last quarter. Well, for all four quarters, they made it a real scrap. They were on top probably for most of that first half, and I was getting getting pretty frustrated watching that first half. But mm. gee, boys uh, fought fought it out and got it done with flow at the end. Uh, moving back to the SCG for round five and a game that I hated. It's one to forget for against me. the Adelaide Crows, the Rory Laird show off halfback, and we didn't do anything about it. For mine, uh, that was... For uh, yours, I, I remember I was house-sitting with my girlfriend uh, in Paran, and it's in an apartment complex, and I believe there were a number of noise complaints made early in the first quarter because I was disgusted with what I was seeing until Mr. Gary Rowan, and he's on his way out of the club now, but he kicked... A very, very, very emotional goal, which I thought was, as you say, Benny, a silver lining on what was otherwise a horrible night of football for the Swannies. Yeah, because it was his, uh, it was his comeback game after yep. the the devastating blow that that he and uh, and Amy coughed during the year. Um, but he came out onto the field with his daughter, and it was just, it was all like a really, just a really perfect. Moment, uh, and when we re- it was actually really quite tight at the time, yeah. And we needed something, and Gary bobbed up and kicked one. I think he actually kicked two or three for the game. No, he kicked two. Um, he was he was as good as anyone on the park that day, yeah. and I'll I'll always remember that game. Yeah, that definitely for, for that moment. The, the stadium erupted. It was surreal being there for that for that goal. I'm always watching with a bit of interest the Adelaide games. One of my mates plays for him and uh, played very well. One of those ones night. off half back. Um, he did get an invite to the Brownlow this year, so I think that's his uh, three vote game. Um, but yeah, both off half back, Laird and Seedsman yep. absolutely tore us up. Um, Doday, you could throw him in as well. Absolutely, sure. yeah. Just really struggle with a bit of forward pressure and, and locking that footy in, and boys getting off the chain. Um, but um, one to forget for the Swannies. Yes. But the following week wasn't. It was a magnificent day down at the Cattery. I was very happy to take the V-line down there and uh, get amongst the Geelong locals. It wasn't for a long time, though, uh, Tommy, um, up until uh, three-quarter time. Yeah, I was um, very nervous at three-quarter time, thinking I was going to be going on a long train trip home. But that last quarter... Oh. I actually watched the highlights of the final quarter this afternoon when I was just having a bit of a respite from some uh, paperwork hard to do, Deeps. And that is a phenomenal final quarter of footy to watch. Robbie Fox. Yep. Big grab. Went the absolutely Big berserk. Grab. Will Haywood went berserk. It was so good. My favourite moment of that game, well, apart from just the heroics in the middle from yeah. Sinclair and Kennedy, was Ben Ronk in his first game starting mm. a melee yeah, on the siren. <laughs> which fired the boys up. Yep, it, it did. It turned it did. the game. I think on it, debut, it's great. First yeah. gamer saying, nah, not having it. <laughs> it. It was an important time of year. This is when the sort of young kids were playing pretty well. Um, Ronk had just come into the side. Hey, we'll kick three goals down there this day. And Ronk kicked two, I think. Yeah. Ronk kicked two, yeah. Florin kicked two. Because we, when... we went in with the Mosquito Fleet. No yep. bud. No bud. And this is when sort of, yeah, the young boys were sort of carrying the, the older ones along until JPK came through with that big last quarter. Um, 
really promising signs from our young kids, as we saw all year. They, yeah, they did fade out a little bit, but um, they were playing some pretty impressive footy at this stage. Wasn't it a thrashing that Sinclair and uh, Kennedy handed to that Geelong midfield that they love to pump up down there at the Cattery, and they were yeah, all the there. Holy Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Trinity and... Uh, and uh, Personal gags. Reece Stanley. Reece Absolute Stanley. thrashing it was. As we <laughs> move, shocking, isn't he, Reece Stanley? He's a zero. Tell you what, you wouldn't want him anywhere near your club. I'd take, I'd take, I'd take James Rose before I take him. I actually, saw, I actually saw Geelong fans on uh, forums earlier in the week saying, oh, we should get Longer from St Kilda because he'd be better than Stanley. Yeah, like, oh. yeah geez, that's a, a clip. That's, that's a, a clip. real clip for Stanley. From, from your own team. From your own club. They've been unlucky with the crews down there. They had Zach Smith as well. Came down from the Gold Coast. Yep. He's done nothing. Bit Josh stiff. Caddy. Josh Premiership Caddy. forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, third the, man, the third man up rule, Chris Scott will always say, set him back a few years, I would have thought. Yeah, with, uh, exactly. they, they were loving that Blixar Blixar's tactics. Was, yeah. It's a big, it's a yep. correct call yep. for mine. Uh, and then we move to round seven, where oh, it was a very frustrating night. A little bit of a wet, sloppy oh, evening sucks. up at One the, the SCG. Benny sucks, called man. it that we win by 15 goals, and <laughs> we did not. It no, was Mason Wood. I said Wood. we had to win. I said we had to win by 15 goals. And Mason Wood came out and kicked four and beat us, and Sean Higgins got off the chain, had 31, no one stopped him, and it was it really was annoying. Categorically one of the worst football games I've ever seen. Yeah, it was, it was just disgusting. It was just disgusting to watch. Yep. It just sucked. Hey, we Go, kicked a couple of nice goals. Yeah, no, nah, stuff it. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing good comes Don't from Don't need to critically analyse that one. Especially with what's coming up next. Oh, oh, the Benny Ronk Show. This was great. I'll never forget this. Yes. I don't think anyone ever will. Oh, and it was just so good. I had this Hawthorne supporter. He went off in front of me. He's gone early. I think it was about five or ten minutes to go in the last. He's turned around. He's you had a look at the scoreboard type thing. And then Ben Rong kicked number six and seven in the last quarter. And I had the pleasure of asking him how many had Ben Rong kicked. And he didn't want to turn around and tell me, but I was pretty sure it was seven. <laughs> and, I, and I'll never forget what a good night that was. Wow. No, no buddy, and we found a way on the G. Against Hawthorne. Against the Hawks. It was, it was grouse. It was yeah. a fantastic evening. It's bloody cold. But it, geez, was it was freezing. It was such a good night. Ronk sanity. Ronk kicked the first four as well. How many, how many times do you reckon he got Googled that night? Just in the first quarter <laughs> after he kicked four. Ronk or Ronky? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was huge. Well, from then on, huge. he was sporting some pretty fresh uh, hairdos. Very crisp. Oh, I would yeah. argue he's had the fresh hairdos <laughs> the entire time. I think, it's, I think it's something he wants to be known for. Almost, right. as, uh, almost as sharp as yours. I think he gets his done a bit more than I to get, get mine done. Uh, moving to round nine at the SCG, and it was a thrashing of Fremantle, which was a great performance by the boys. Pretty, Don't even remember it. It was a great four-quarter effort. We yeah. had him from ball one and uh, never relented and knocked him over with uh, six goals in the last quarter. And, yeah, it was an ugly night for Freo. Really put them on the uh, back page of the Western Australian papers after that weekend. They, they weren't happy the uh, old Purple Army, after we gave him a good dumping. The, the Purple, purple Haze. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> in unison, boys. That was yeah. good. I liked it. Yeah, Mads and I were always pretty close. Yeah, in tune. Always in tune. Uh, Tommy McCartan had a, had a great game in uh, that Fremantle yeah, game. Yeah, a bit game. of a breakout a game. Yep. Took a few uh, clunking marks as well. A couple of snags. Mm, absolutely. Very good from Tommy. Another uh, another sort of 17-9, a sharp shooting performance from the boys. Something that should have given us a bit of hope. 
Moving on to round 10, where we beat Brisbane, and they made it a real scrap. It was a bit wet conditions up there at the Gabba. Steph Martin had a ripping game yeah, in the ruck. And, dominated. But we still got it done. That was a real grinding, fighting effort against a plucky Brisbane side who were up and about at that point. Jesus, he really did. 72 to 22. Yeah, he, he annihilated Oh, him. wow. He yeah, rainy day. Was rainy. That, would have been, that would have been Dean Towers, too. Pinch hitting. <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz. It was a rainy, wet night at like mid-afternoon yeah, game, that yeah, one. Yeah. I do remember that. I was uh, sitting at the Richmond Club, tipping a few in, as you do. Um, George is I mean, good. naturally, Dave's. Naturally, they were flowing. Um, but yeah, look, at, we'll up all game. The game was never really in doubt. We just never kicked away, but it was tough conditions up there. Yeah. So um, Georgie with 28. A couple of sore bodies after that one. Definitely, and the small forwards went well, got the job done there. Ronk. Haywood, um, also Heaney, sort yep. of with the clean hands in the wet, um, took a couple marks and kicked a couple goals as well. So doesn't, not the... doesn't doesn't sound like him, does it? Couple no. of couple of clunks and a uh, few few sausage rolls. Certainly not the weather for Buddy, that's for sure. And then round eleven, Mangrook at the SCG against Carlton. It was a five goal win, and uh, boys really turned it on. Carlton took it to us. They were in front by a point at halftime, and it was uh, looking like one of those games that was. Oh no! Is, are the Blues going to had a few of them do, do what year, they did to we? us last year and uh, and knock us off? But no, it was a, it was a solid um, second half performance and it was led by Cal Sinclair who had another great game, kicked a couple. I um, actually watched this game with his brother Brett. Yeah, yeah, uh, and we shared many a uh, many a frothy over over Cal and his development and where he's at and where he should be and all that. So, so it was quite a, uh, it's quite a memorable game for mine. Um, it's a great man, Brett. But I'll always have a bit of a an issue with Carlton now after they knocked us off in yeah. round six oh, last yeah. year. I now, like... The worst even one. Even Buddy's 10 goals in round 23 last year Doesn't is up. not enough. It's not enough. There will never, ever be enough. <laughs> Even if we win the next three flags over them. It was the worst. By 10 goal wins. It, it was, will not be enough. It was the worst that would, loss. That would be enough for me, Benny, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst loss in 20 years. It Christ. sucked. Anyway, it let's sucked. forget but, about yeah, it. Yeah, we won. We won. With the SCG. We won that one. That was good. Uh, and then round 12 uh, was the Saners that we belted by 71 points. And again, Chief continued his vein of rare form, kicking three. Buddy kicked four. Lukey Parker was uh, one of the most dominant players on the ground. Uh, Florent got up and about. This is when he's on his streak of form in the early to middle part of the year. I think this is uh, up there with um, one of the best quarters we played was that first quarter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We kicked yeah. seven or eight. Um, Nine it was. Nine goals, go. 155 to 117. There you go. Game was over at quarter time. Um, we always seem to have the wood over the Saints as yeah. well. Been our bunnies the last uh, few years, so um, always good to have a convincing win. I Absolute remember. bunnies. <laughs> I remember having pretty strong feelings about this game because we won by, what, about 71 points? Great, fantastic, 71 points. And I feel like we could have won yeah. by 100. Oh, there's we no took, doubt. Yeah. took the foot off. Was... We should have. I think my words were, in fact, I know my words were, we should have ended Alan Richardson's, Alan Richardson's coaching career that yeah, night. That's right. But we did say at the time we had a, a big game the following week that we had to conserve our batteries for against the top of the table, West Coast Eagles. That's right. You put me back in my place there, Tommy. <laughs> and we did win that game, possibly because we conserved our batteries a little bit in the second half there against St Kilda. Or because we're a pack of legends. <laughs> we're the mighty Swannies and we get it done 2-5 for Buddy that night. But we still got it done. Uh, the Smalls chipped in. Ronks 2, Paps 2. 
Uh, Lloydy was up and about. Haynes and Flo, once again, more damaging players on the ground. And uh, it was a very tight and congested game in the first quarter, mm. this one. The um, great game. There was a, it was one of those games where I think it is sort of where the state of the game was being talked about and all this type of thing. Um, but there was only one goal kick for the quarter, and it was a bumper quarter of footy. Yeah, it was unreal. Um, yeah. It was really good. It was a real um, talking point in the media the it following was. week. Uh, goals doesn't necessarily mean a good game, but that was fantastic. Um, sort of this is where... Uh, the goalless quarter sort of started to creep into our game as well. Um, goalless in the last quarter, managed to hold on against uh, the top of the table. Um, but, yeah, there were definitely some signs of us, once again, not running out games yeah. as, we, as good as we could um, could have and really put that game away. I think that's uh, about the time where we really started talking about four-quarter four efforts and the, the need to just run games out because you're not just going to get away with it every every week. And if I think you have a look at the next week, Mads, yep. um, it came to fruition uh, against the Tigers. Yeah, we just couldn't um, outlast Richmond. We couldn't get to their level and stay there for long enough. The turning point was Reese Conker's broken leg. Yep. It really took the wind out of our sails. Everybody stopped for about 10 minutes. Richmond and, rallied. Um, yeah, they, they really did. They also put on a couple of junk time goals in that game. So that scoreline is less flattering were... than the performance that we put in. But it was the fact that we they were harder and tougher for longer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can actually put this down to a reason why we lost this game. And he won the Coleman this year. It was Jack Revolt. I was at the game. I've never seen as dominant uh, like a game at a true centre-half forward. Um, the way he was clunking grabs and <clears throat> really tearing <clears throat> our back six up, um, it was the, one of the only times we saw it where the back six, six probably got beaten. They, had a, they actually had a pretty dirty night. Average for, night. For, which is something we very, very seldom say, but Jack Rewalt was just enormous. He's so it's, smart with his leading patterns. It was something and, stupid like 18 grabs. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was it was ridiculous. Did not, did not he, put a foot wrong. He was unreal all night. But um, His work was, rate's outstanding. For a, it, it, people always talk about Nick Rewalt and his work rate. Jack's is terrific as well. If you compare his work rate now to say six years ago, it's oh, like day polar and opposites. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, good on you, Jack. Um, moving on to well, this was an ugly game. Round sixteen against the Cats. Oh, eight oh. goals, twenty three. I want to move on. I don't Makes want to talk about sick. it. Hated it. Yeah, Absolutely it was, hated that, it. That's a flattering scoreline. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was appalling. Let's move yeah. on. Barely had our hands on the ball. Yeah, the the alarm bells were going off at this stage. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. We don't like talking about the losses, but it's <laughs> just sort of it's it it's how our season went. We just we showed some form and we went with Richmond for three quarters, but we get the Cats at three the and SCG, and we weren't even in that game. Yeah. They Not they should have point. pummeled us. Yeah, but um, they like, just kicked poorly. We move on to like. A very important game yeah, in the context of our season um, where we saw a bit of uh, thinking, a bit of plan B in the box. Um, Maneuverability. With the Swans with a, a, a last-minute victory. We called it. Over North Melbourne. And, and it was a four-quarter performance from the boys. Yeah, for, it's huge. For mine, this for was... Yours. Ex- and mine. And yours, Benny. This was exactly what we wanted to see. We wanted to... It was... Very high scoring. It was very intense. There was a lot of running, and we went with them 
every minute of that game and lo and behold, we won. And yeah, you're bang on, Debs. It was great to see uh, some agility in the coach's box. Absolutely. Five goals for Ronks that yep. night. Yeah, huge, huge. Not that we you know, didn't know he was capable of it. Um, <laughs> I, I, re- I recall uh, one of your old boys, Tommy, Zebes kicked a goal late in the, late in the fourth, yeah, late he in did. the piece, he and did. Uh, thought, he'd, uh, thought he'd done all right. Well, well, yeah, Zabes. he kicked five. He, he the, uh, would have thought he's B.O.G. Had the wings out, had the <laughs> wings out, knew he'd, done, knew he'd done pretty well. But, yeah. uh, but a Lear. Alir just wasn't that phenomenal. Gracefully gliding off the pack, I would have thought so. Absolutely, and that kicked him into form. Really, it it really did. And I I just remember, sort of, I think we got a a goal or two up with sort of five minutes to go or six minutes, and you think you should be pretty right from there. And then Zeebs kicked a couple, and then we were down by a goal. And for Horse to chuck Alir forward, that was great move from the box, and it, it got us the four points that day. Uh, moving on to the following week, and yuck, yuck, round 18 against the Gold Coast. Yeah, we don't need to talk about this one for too long. Yeah. Yucky, yucky. Yeah, Beat not... up by five goals at quarter time and losing that one. I think that's we were, we were playing scintillating football in that oh, first quarter. Oh, we were so good. We were yeah. smashing them off half back. We were hitting the scoreboard. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Goalless in the middle quarters. Yeah, you're not going to win many games. It was nice weather. The boys, the boys just packed it in and went to Bondi for uh, for the cool down. Uh, we'll move on from that. The following week was uh, wasn't much better. No, it wasn't. There's a couple of nice highlights in that game. Jordan Dawson kicked a nice, beautiful long goal. Uh, I think was his first game for the year. Terrific goal he kicked, running into the uh, into the fifty, and also Sinkers kicked a nice little goal as well, where he did a little spin move and check side. But yeah, Mads, well, it wasn't uh, a great night. Mads nearly joined Fight Club. It's <laughs> <laughs> not uh, not well received in uh, Eddie Head Stadium, Deeb. So I don't know if you're aware of that. But Bombers was, faithful, not yeah. getting around you. And Tommy was going to go, but he did, he didn't end up coming with me. So I was <laughs> I was it was Ben Fryzer and I, and, and Ben and myself are, are not the most intimidating looking gentlemen in a, <laughs> in a sea of essence. I'm like yourself, Deeb's. Exactly, exactly. I <laughs> that, wish Deeb's had been behind me. That, that might be why I'm here in the studio <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that was when it, the big questions were asked and a lot of people started to write us off. Um, we are pretty done. Seven goal loss to the Dons and they tore us up. They played quick footy, um, didn't even look close to it and that's when uh, the lights were on our season is at the crossroads. We, uh, we had some very strong comments in the pod that week. Yeah, that was... Uh, a is, horse, is Horse the uh, and the man to take us forward? That's it. And and Horse was really uh, definitive in his uh, post-match. It was sort of, this is the time if we're going to stand up. We've got to stand up after a loss like this. And uh, the next three weeks were um, pretty important for our season. Sure were. And they were marked by the return a couple of days, the news that a couple of days before the Collingwood game in round 20, that Alex Johnson would return. We found out on the Wednesday. Huge. Um, and and wasn't good, he good? He was excellent. He was took down Mason Cox, held him awesome. to one goal, I one think One goal, was. and he took, I think, seven intercept a, marks or something ridiculous like that. He's one of Tommy's favourite players, uh, Mason Cox. And Tommy stop Big Mason. Just cast him aside and said, don't worry about it, boys. I got him sorted. Well, he shot... He showed, no matter what happens from here for Alex, at least it showed that he can get back to the level and play a great level of footy. That was an excellent what did he game. Get 17 or something? I think it was 17 touches and he was pretty efficient. Yeah, it took yeah. eight marks, yeah. I think. Um, 
Our, our halfbacks were unbelievable. We sort of even the back line in general. Rampy with 28, Lloyd with 27, McVeigh with 26. Um, Aaliyah was back to some really good form, 24 touches with the... With the back line performing like that, we're not going to lose too many. But this, again, was one of those ones where Collingwood just came storming back into the game. Yep. We, were, we were on top for most of the game. Um, and then, yeah, I think Tommy McCartan found that one off the ground and uh, went bang, another four points for the boys. It was our True Bloods Player of the Year who floated back, mm. loose man, and just had his, had his wits about him. And, of course, um, the bud, six goals, four. Couldn't have done oh, it without him. Absolutely, absolutely. not. Absolutely not. And then moving on to Melbourne at the MCG, and it was a magnificent win, possibly our best win of the year, but it was overshadowed by the most tragic story of our season, Alex Johnson it going was. down on, his, on his good knee. I remember this one vividly. I, <laughs> I got the uh, news from Benny that I was going to be making my debut on the old uh, True Bloods podcast. I was watching with interest. I was watching with one Warwick Kappa in Bali. Warwick um, Kappa, Heaney, of course. Heaney's taken mark of the year. And it was good to see this sort of before the big trade news came out, but Hanbury found a bit of form this game, kicked that good goal on the left. And, Love that. Uh, and Buddy tore it up. He kicked he two goals, awesome. five. Um, but the way he was hitting up, he was looking really good at this stage. Could have been a monster for Bud. A monster. Absolutely. Yeah, it, was, it was a great win. It was a great it, win. It, it was overawed by sort of... what. AJ going down. Yeah, and they were on top. They were on top as well in the first quarter, but in the same way that Reese Conker kind of the Tigers gathered after that, we gathered at quarter time for sure. It was the strangest mood I've ever been a part of in in any rooms that I've ever been down to after an AFL game. Everyone was chipper because we won, but there's this just overwhelming eerie sadness for Alex who's on crutches and is everyone's just sort of realizing what the reality is for him. So strange, strange rooms down there, but a fantastic win. Absolutely brilliant win. And Hanabry, as you touched on, terrific um, game from him. He had 26, um, what was it, it was four, four marks, three tackles, kicked that goal, and I, he really celebrated that goal. So you wonder whether he may have even known at that point already that that might have been his last goal in red and white. It, um, I watched it from New York, and I was, as Ben would say, full as a state school. But, I don't think I've ever uh, said that. No, you have. It's yeah. a common theme. It's, it's a good one. We're now uh, watching the Swannies boys. Yeah. We all seem to enjoy a lager or two. I was enjoying a Bacardi. Um, a Bacardi so, and Coke. Yeah, correct. The world's um, most awarded run. <laughs> plug. Um, I had had a lot. I, I thought about that game a lot, though, and it sort of disappointed me a little bit because it really showed our potential. I mean, that was a, a team that's about to go and play a preliminary final this year. And we served it up to them and uh, and played considerably better footy than them. And it just shows that if we're just being a little bit more consistent this year, things could be a little different. So I just remember I'm gonna touch. I'm going to touch on that later on when we, when we go through um, the upcoming preliminary finals. But yeah. I think that there was... I completely agree. I think that it was almost a bittersweet feeling now that you look back on it yeah. and you go, this, that was what we were that's capable exactly. of. That's exactly. That's if we, if that's we why we sat in here every week together, and just yeah. said, when we're at our best, we are the best. Yeah. But 
It's all about being your best, and we are. And we're at our best against the GWS Giants in round 22, taking them down for the second time this year. Lukey Parker put in an enormous performance, 143 fantasy points and two goals, uh, 33 disposals for that man that day. He just underlined why he is the reigning Bob Skilton medalist. Um, Lockie Whitfield, well held by Georgie Hewitt. Sure was. Your man, Tommy. The big chief. No, George. Oh, George. (laughs) (laughs) Debs, Debs, I know you haven't been around here for a long time, but Tommy's only got one man. (laughs) That's a chief, then. He was good. He was good in that game as well. There's literally there's the chief, (laughs) and then there's just other players that Tom doesn't mind. Uh, All everyone's expendable. No, everyone's equal. Everyone's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Stop lying to the true lads, faithful Tom. We all see through your lies. Uh, Lance Franklin, five goals for again. Another massive performance from the bud and the Swannies get it done. And I absolutely lapped that one up in Byron Bay. That was a magnificent day and a magnificent game by the Swannies. Lukey Park had a day out as well. Luke, yeah. Jersey was good. And we, sure had the run, we had the run of that game for the last yeah. 45 minutes, but we only put it on the scoreboard right at the very end. Well, but very gee, good, we were just all over them. And it set up an opportunity in round 23 to go and beat the Hawks and set up a top four spot. We would have had a double chance, but the last eight minutes of that game, unfortunately, probably was the, uh, the reason that we're out of the finals still because we pos- potentially could still be in the finals had that eight minutes not happened at the end. No bud, no Parker. Massive yeah. points. Yeah. Went that close. Yeah. Huge. Um, Huge. It's, uh, it was a pretty, it was an honourable effort. It, it was. But I'm not going to say an honourable loss, but it was an honourable effort. Out of gas, yeah. the boys. Yeah. They yeah, were. literally. Absolutely. Uh, and completely out of gas in the following game in the first week of the finals, the elimination final against the GWS Giants. Uh, I'm not reliving this. I still, yeah. No, I, I will. I still, for the life of me, can't understand why George Hewitt didn't tag Whitfield again. Because Whitfield, off the leash with 29, you'd argue that the reason we won last time is because we had him completely subdued. And you have a look. Toby Green, 125 fantasy points, 27 disposals, three goals, yeah. three, and he gets completely shut out on the weekend by Braden Maynard. Who uh, said he was going to shut him out Who said he was going to well. shut him out. Maybe... Looking at a uh, lockdown role for him would have been a good idea as well. Yeah, I don't think we even had the sort of capability of shutting players down. Yeah, in that we're, game. Cooked. We're, we're cooked. We were just nowhere. We're no good. We were bloody nowhere. For eight scoring shots, which is effectively what it was. Remember, because we yeah. only got we got two junk time goals. Yeah, it was two eight six until shots. the last ten minutes. Eight scoring shots to twenty nine, and just comprehensively beaten in the, oh, in the midfield. Destroyed. Could not get our hands on it. Um, it was still pretty sour in my mouth. Yeah, not not the best way to finish the year, but. As we've just touched on, we've touched on every game there. There were plenty of highs in season 2018. It's, the, the finish obviously isn't what we wanted. Uh, missing out on that opportunity to make top four in the Hawthorne game, that shattered all of us. And I'm sure it was probably subconsciously a bit of a letdown mentally for the players as well. And um, yeah, we were physically hampered throughout the year. We mentioned it all, all last week, but to uh, even make the finals with the young list that we've got and with senior players bashed up pretty much uh, by the end of the year, it was a great effort. Yep. Yeah. No, look, it's it's a disappointing end to what could have been a, a huge season for us, but at the end of the day, it, it is what it is, and I think that we're I still think we're in a fantastic position going forwards. Uh because we're not going to the bottom of the table at this stage. Uh there's just little things we need to tweak and yeah. and we'll be fine. Yeah. Um That being said, there's probably a lot of little things that we need to tweak 
um, from my perspective. So it'll be interesting to see what moves we make. I think we're going to be the most active we've ever been uh, in terms of the, the trade week. So I'm looking forward well, to it, Deeps, to be honest. Well, absolutely, Mads. Um, yeah, look, I feel like we just need to take those uh, opportunities that arise during the season. Like that, that last eight minutes against Hawthorne, um, we find a way to win there. Our season season changes completely. Um, but um, yes, let's not also forget we've said it a lot. We've had a third, nearly a third of our playing side floating in in and out of the team as fringe players, all with less than fifty games. Like there's there's a there's a lot to be said for how well we did with how young a lot of our list is and how exposed we could have been. 2018, there it is. Let's go to one more break, and then after this, we'll have a reserves grand final update, the tips, and we'll take a look to 2019. This is True Bloods. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Tommy, Blood. Tommy, Deeps. I've had some news come through, mate. I've just What's uh, that? I've just refreshed the old Instagram page, and have I got news for the True Bloods faithful out there? What's on the Insta? Luke underscore Parker. It's got a quite a, a good picture of him and JPK. Uh, we like that. Running the boys out as captain and vice captain. It says like it a lot, and it reads, "Me wanting to leave this club, no chance." And I. Lukey, yes, Lukey. I don't think it gets much better than that, boys. That's huge. We've just finished Lukey. the review. We finished sour on a sour note, but uh, to get that through from Lukey, oh, it's, it's huge. Also, with everybody saying about the culture and things being not so peachy up there, that is great to see. Lukey, that is really Lukey. Good to see. Not go- going anywhere. How good's that to see from players, though? I think there should be more of it. Yeah, that's yeah. how you crush a rumor. Get- Get off the just media trained garbage that they that they spew out so often, and just say something that you actually mean. Could not agree more, Mads. Um, yeah, huge from Lukey. Uh, it's great news, Deep. You can interrupt me anytime when you got news like that coming through. That is sensational stuff. Um, what wasn't sensational, however, was our NEFL Grand Final. Unfortunately, we've dropped another one. So that's five NEFL grand Controversy, finals. though, Tommy. Controversy. Real controversy it was at Fankhauser Reserve on Sunday afternoon. Early in the last quarter, it was found that the Southport Sharks had 19 men on the field and Swan skipper Colin O'Reardon called for a head count. So they've broken the 19-man rule, so theoretically their score should go back to zero. But the management from the Swans and Southport had a bit of a discussion and they agreed to let the scores stand. Interesting stuff, boys. Yeah, I see where they're at because the scoreboard was not in their favour in any way, shape or form. And I say that in the vein that you wouldn't want to win a flag that way. Yeah, imagine the premiership reunion. Oh, you don't want to win (laughs) a flag. Who called the head count? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You do not want to win a flag like that. That being said, though, rules are rules. And you don't change the rules because it's a grand yep. final. A C- couple of blokes played pretty well um, for the Rosie. game. Rosie, your man, Benny. <laughs> your man. Might have just in- he might have inspired him. I don't know if he listens to the pod, but geez, he played well. He played pretty well. He sure did. He sure did. But um, 
you know, mate, you put me in the under-12s and I'll dominate. <laughs> but you put me in an AFL level and I can't do it. All right? Now, the thing is... You're still, go- you're still going at Rosie after he's 38 could. and best on ground for the, the game. Yeah, and, and a hell of a bloody lot of good it did us. Lost by 10 goals. <laughs> Take away their scores, we'll probably still lose. Given how, given how it played out, unfortunately, for the boys. But, um, yeah, no, look, credit where it's due. 38 touches is pretty... Yeah. Pretty 38 and a sausage roll. Bit of scoreboard impact from a midfielder. Might have got himself another year. <laughs> no, never I retract comments about trading him. <laughs> <laughs> he can stay for now. Yeah, well done, James. So, James Rose, uh, Colin O'Reardon, Jordan Dawson, James Bell, Riley Stoddart were our best players. All Sydney Swans listed players. They all gave it a crack. Unfortunately, we couldn't get it done. Southport 2 got on the day despite the headcount fiasco and... That leaves us our reserves grand final history in the NEFL. We've made the grand final more times than anyone, but uh, can't cross that final hurdle. 13, 14, 16, 17, 18. It doesn't read uh, too pretty there for, for Swans NEFL fans, but you know, I, I've got an idea personally actually about our reserves competition. I don't think the standard of the NEFL is, um, well, it, it's not as strong as the Waffle or the Sample or, or the VFL. I'd love to see us come back to the VFL. I think we were talking about this before, boys. I would love to see, not aligned as Port Melbourne, as South Melbourne. I want to see South Melbourne. How good would that be? I'd if, be there every week. Mate, so if, if we could, if like Port Melbourne have worked really hard to become a standalone club, so and they're a great standalone club, so leave them as they are, understand that. But it would be just great if we could play, at, at, just trade as South Melbourne, play in the VFL. We could play home games in Sydney still. Still play home games at the SCG, but the away games are in Melbourne, and we just our name is South. It'd be great for the huge Victorian it supporter would. base. It'd be massive. And it, it's it'd be a massive. far superior standard for our fringe players to be competing at every week. I reckon it's a no-brainer. Yep. that's just my two cents on it's it. It's romantic. It is romantic. It's romantic. Play down the Lakeside Oval in front of the Skilton statue would be unreal. Phenomenal. I know for a fact that it, that just a the, couple of games the, a year. The down standard the Lakeside. of the VFL is definitely talked amongst as the the highest standard. Oh, that's and, the creme de la creme. One hundred percent, and it's it, it's only going to pay it. It would pay massive dividends to our younger players, as you said, Tommy, to sort of get that exposure, and it's going to help their development, and they're going to come in and play much better footy in the uh, in the AFL the, as well. The NFL's just like a suburban competition, right? It's effectively it's it's an interstate suburban. You're not really learning much. That's why you see guys like you take James Rose for example. He's so so. All jokes aside, he's so far off AFL level. He's so far off it, and you can pretty much chalk that up to being in the, the NFL for this the five years. Absolute well, landscape I think, between the NFL and I think that's why you see. Sorry to cut you off there, Mads. Um, I think that's why um, you see our list management sort of take the time with the players, and yep. they really get that that block of footy in. Have a look at Alir. Everyone's like, "Where's Alir?" Blah blah blah. He is learning his craft back there, and he. You obviously don't learn as quick. Takes a little bit longer, yeah. Exactly yeah. right. And, yep. he ca- and he comes in and plays some pretty good footy. Uh, and connecting the the fans, uh, I think, is a really important thing as well. You look at Richmond and their VFL side, and that's uh, it's all connected with their AFL side, and the, and the supporter base really gets around Richmond VFL. It's it's similar. The Doggies, a couple of years ago, when they were up and about, they had their VFL side up and about. They get big crowds down um, in Victoria to, to these big VFL finals. And if you had South in a final... You get a massive contingent yeah. of Victorian-based um, Sydney Swans fans getting down there to support. I kid South. you not, I would be there every week. Yep. Yeah, I'd be, be there. So I'd be good. there with the old cop. 
It's Old a, cover. It's, it's, love a po- it. it's a point with a lot of merit yeah. for me. Anyway, just an idea. But uh, Swans Reserves, yeah, bad luck again to the boys. Unfortunately, still can't get that elusive Neafel premiership, but a great effort by the uh, the players that took the field in red and white jumpers in the Neafel competition this year. In Moving the Neafel competition? The Neafel competition this year. Sorry, Benny, correcting myself. <laughs> uh, the tips. We'll move on to the tips. And there are two big games in the AFL, none of which feature the Swannies, unfortunately, but two massive games, one of which is Friday night. I will be there with bells on. Preliminary final number one, Richmond versus Collingwood. Two old rivals with extensive finals history in the past, and they meet again. Yeah, it's going to be huge. The, the, the AFL will be absolutely licking their lips at this. Oh, yes. Massive. 100,000? We get in there? I think so. It's a sellout. Yeah, it's, it's a an official sellout. Yeah. 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 So, so definitely pack out the bars as well. Yeah. MC Seven every is every huge. seat is, you know, reserved. It's, yep. it's allocated. Yeah. Huge. So, Who wins, boys? I would love Collingwood to win. I would love the And, and the I don't Bikes often say that. I don't. I, there would have been maybe a handful of times that I've said I'd love Collingwood to win, but in this circumstance, I think it would be... The best thing for everyone. I was having a very, very refreshing conversation with a friend of mine, and I'm going to put it to you uh, at the end. Um, But I would just love, would love for the Pies to knock off the Tigs. I'd love to... uh, I don't think they are the favourites. No. And they they face an uphill task, but I'm tipping them. The most romantic finish this season would be a Collingwood versus Melbourne grand final. Last time Melbourne won a grand final, 1964, was by four points against the Pies. It'd be... Pretty cool to see those two going head-to-head once again for, yeah, for sure. Melbourne's chance to Deeps. get it back. But Richmond have been bloody good. I've, I've got to pay credit where credit's due for last week. I went pretty hard on the Giants getting up. and uh, so uh, well, well done, boys, uh, predicting the old uh, Collingwood win. Um, but, yeah, I look, I think Richmond's they've been the benchmark all year. Um, I've got to go with the Tigers. The manic pressure. Um, just brings teams undone. And, yeah, teams might go with them for two or three quarters, but you've got to play four quarters of footy against the Tigers. A couple of whispers about uh, Dusty's availability. Washed down by Neil Baum yesterday, but you never know. Mate, was in a hyperbaric chamber today. I have it on the inside. Um, Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know if I would talk down his influence as such. Yeah, he's a superstar, but the Tigers don't rely on him. They can do it without him. They can do it without him. I think out of, say, you take Nankervis, Rance, Cochin, Dusty, I think out of all those four, you'd most rather, if you're a Richmond supporter, you'd prefer Dustin Martin out out of those four, to be honest. Tough, tough call. Tough but call. It, I see where you're coming from for sure. Absolutely. You're, I think the other maybe Rance. It can be. It can be covered. Yeah, it can, it can certainly. Dylan Grimes is unbelievable. Yeah. Grimes, Asprey, and Broad could probably cover Rance the way oh, that they're going about yeah. it at the moment. Unbelievably good, Grimes. I was so impressed. So impressed with his game the other week. I'm going the Tigers as well. I just think, oh, yeah. I'll, They've just been the most consistent side for two years now, and it's it's hard to write them off on the ground that they. I disagree with that statement. This year they have been. They've been the most consistent side. They were the most consistent side at the right time last year. For the whole second half of last year. Nah, last four or five games. Last four or five games, Tommy. Hey, Tommy, look, mate, if you've got a spare eight hours, mate, maybe just (laughs) (laughs) walk over a couple of times, guys. I am tipping Richmond, but I am going to be. Supporting Collingwood. 
It's weird supporting oh, Collingwood. Is, yeah, it's, it's so bizarre. It's, I can't fathom it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a football lover, boys. I, I love watching footy, but I just can't get behind any of these teams. It, I just, it's ben just can. tough. Sure can. Yes, I, I think, I think uh, there was a, a photo. Uh, Which we may think it was. Flying around on the socials. We actually may post it to True Bloods and just name and shame. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, one Benny Andrews in a name Melbourne scarf. Name and shame, mate. Melbourne scarf. I told... Uh, Tommy, you're draped in that scarf too, big fella. So <laughs> you're getting around the days as much as I was. Uh, but you know what? It was it was ecstatic. Oh yeah, at the MCG oh, yeah. around all those days fans. Yeah, it was. because the other thing is a lot of them, and obviously they say things that they may not necessarily mean, but a lot of them now they they say they don't really care what happens over in the West because the fact is they've, they've made, a, made prelim. a prelim. Yeah, and it's the their season has been a roaring success. And, realistically, from here, who cares what happens? That's and odd. that's the way that the Ds will play. And when are the Ds yep. at their most dangerous? Yep. When there's no pressure. Winning Correct. two finals, your, your yeah. season's definitely a success. No, but it just it's reeks of Western Bulldogs 2016. Reeks Richmond, of Tigers to, last yeah, year. Richmond 2017. It just has fairy tale written all over it. And, of course, they play the West Coast Eagles in preliminary final two on Saturday afternoon. And yes. How do we think this one will go, boys? I'm on the days. days. I'm on the days. Yeah, days won't lose. And I'll t- the reason that the days won't lose, their midfield is as strong as it's been all year. They have found their form at the right time, the Deeds. They've actually, all the things that we bagged them about over the course of the year, no two-way running and all that sort of stuff, they have been sensational. Sensational. What about McGovern and Yo and Hearn at the back? Barris, they've been very good this year. And then at the front, Kennedy, Darling, Lacroix, Cripps, Ryan, Rioli. Those two-thirds of the ground, West Coast are pretty comprehensive operators. What about Nick Nat out, Max Gorn? Number one ruckman. Scotty Lysett has been terrific Lysett's this year. Been really good. Terrific, and he is going to be carved up by the best ruckman. He might get done. He might get done, but he, I wouldn't put it past him to give it a real crack and break even. It's the biggest game of his career. Go, go, De- I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think the D's are running too hot at the moment. They are in seriously good nick. I, I back yeah, the umpiring will be interesting because will be the definite for such point. for such. A, an intense tackling team that Melbourne are, there's going to be points where, you know, they someone tackles Elliot Yo and there's going to be silence. In contrast that to the MCG last week. Yeah. There's, there'll be a lot of missed yeah. calls. Yeah, there'll be sure. a lot of missed calls. So tips, boys, margins, what do we got for this game? Who, do, who are we thinking and how much by? D's, D's by five. D's by four goals, yeah. West Coast for me. Uh, I agree with Tommy. Um, we've just been a bit strong up front. Darling, Kennedy started to find a bit of form. Um, Gold Sack sort of had him the first quarter in a bit, maybe. But once he got that one first, that first one through, he was looking very dangerous. Um, the way Elliot Yo plays off half back, very damaging player. Um, you got to sort of have a look at Collingwood's midfield. Yeah, it's pretty good, but um, I think the opposing end, so your front, your forwards and your backs, um, West Coast are very. Dangerous. Yeah. Hey, hasn't Darling had quite a year? He sure has. Career best year for him. He was when a it, joke. Whenever, he was a joke too. Whenever years Kennedy's ago. been in the side, though, like he didn't really do much when Kennedy went out of the side. I didn't think. There's a couple of weeks where, he, yeah, he's very average, but he's come but out the I, other I'm end. I'm saying of now. comparatively to oh, yeah, say, yeah. two years ago. Yeah, I'll give him that. Been yeah. Unreal. Yeah, so I'll go uh, 
West Coast by two goals. Yeah, and you can't underestimate that home ground advantage over there, over in no, Perth with no, the, the West Coast Eagles fans. They're going to be absolutely rabid for mine. Yep. The romantic in me desperately wants Melbourne to get oh, through to the grand no final. I'd love to see the D's in a grand final in that whole grand final week and on the build-up to what it would be, but my head says it's going to be the West Coast Eagles up against Richmond in the grand final. Yep. Won't that be such a letdown? But I'd love to see it go the other way. Collingwood, Melbourne, in the, yeah, the romantic in me yeah. wants that. That's what I want. Um, the the topic I actually wanted to quickly bring up with you boys. What's that, mate? We uh, there's been a lot of talk this year about equalisation, and I was having a chat uh, with a good friend of mine, well informed friend of mine, and we've decided that we think the game is actually better off when there are one, two, three superstar sides. And there are other just garbage sites in the comp, because you, in the sense that you need dominant teams. Because you look at you look at sides like Melbourne right now, like Collingwood, they're actually not like think about how dominant Hawthorne were. Think about how dominant we were. They're not really dominant in those ways. It's it it almost seems as though they're they're like, they're, they're in between premiers, yeah. you know. They're just you, in between you, us. You knew during Brisbane's reign that it was only going to be Collingwood or Port Adelaide that challenging had a chance, them. Yeah. That had a chance. And I reckon the game's more fun when there's when there's teams to hate. There's teams to hate because they're so good. And Col- there's teams that you know are just going to go out and they're going to spank sides. 18 teams. The pool's just so diluted now. We've probably yeah. got too many teams. Get rid of Gold what, Coast. What are, what are your thoughts <laughs> on that, on equalisation? Yeah. Do, you, do you prefer it how we've had it this year or do you think that... Um, do you think that the game is more fun when there are dominant sides. You can't you can't say it's not been a, a fantastic season to watch though, with so many sort of twists and turns. The the way it's sort of panned out when we there's been so yeah, many fair. so many changes to the top eight. Yeah, it's been you, you haven't really known. Like there were points where you're uh, thinking, you know, West Coast were the out and out favourite, but then. As close as a month to go, we there were twelve sides still in it. You know, Essendon, Correct. if they so had I, a really good month, if they had been able to sneak Correct. in the finals and have a good month, they could have challenged so and made a prelim. I understand what you're saying. I absolutely understand what you're saying. But it's also good, I think, for the game. Like you look at Melbourne, you look at Collingwood. That's just really good for the game. I think having having them up and about. Yeah. But I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, definitely get. I tend to agree with you, Benny. Um, I do like to see that. First time for everything, boys. Tell <laughs> you <laughs> what. That, um, that dominance in, in, in footy. Like, you, you rock up to a game and, like, shit, we are watching a very good football yeah. side. And I, I don't quite get that with Richmond. Yeah, like, me neither. Me neither. They're, they're, and I, and I, they're a side of B-plus yeah. players. Yeah, correct. Correct. But they're, they're a very good football team. I just don't feel like they've got that they're dominance powerful. of, of yeah. a Richmond. Yeah. Exactly. A right. so they're, they always, yeah. they're always beatable. They always That's just it. seem beatable. Yeah. No side this year has been unbeatable. Look at Brisbane Lions 0-2. You just used to, re- to like, revere every single player Geelong. in that team, yeah. that Brisbane's yeah. team. You yeah. look yeah. at Sean Hart and be like, yeah. oh, isn't he... Yeah. A, Amazing rover, like this Richmond Simon side. Black, you, Michael Voss, it's like these guys. You look at Richmond's top six. Jason Castagna. Yeah, exactly. You, you look at their top Nick, six or Nick Voston. Their top <laughs> six or seven. You just Sammy. look at them and go, these guys are amazing. Their top yeah. six or seven players, but the rest of them, you just like, hey, yeah. Josh Caddy is a Premiership player. Yeah. He's a Premiership player. It's unbelievable. Left, left the left the Cats for more midfield time. <laughs> now he's a stay-at-home forward. <laughs> It. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I just anyway. it was a fascinating conversation. Is, so the, the game evolves; it just continues to to change up. And I love the ebbs and flows of any 
footy season. It's it, they're all unique at do whatever level eight, it is. Do you love an eighteen meter goal square, Tommy? Do you? I don't. I, I'm oh. not not without seeing it first. I'm not a fan of them going. Yeah, let's bring this in without trialing it. Do we you, haven't trialed it. Do you know what I do love? I heard this week that they were thinking about abolishing the hands in the back rule. Good riddance. Oh, God. Good riddance. No, good Thank riddance. God. Good Thank riddance because that's been an absolute blight on the game ever since it was What about protected in. area? Is there a way that they can refine that a little further? <laughs> I, we got, I don't watch enough of the other games, admittedly. I probably only tune in to two to three games a week. But I just feel like we got stung so many times by the... Uh, yeah, the uh, did. The infringement on the marking area. I reckon Dan Hanabry committed at least three or four. <laughs> <laughs> and Ram well, was to always on. Quote unquote, Mads. Good riddance. Good you riddance. Say. Good riddance. <laughs> Good riddance. Must have slept easy knowing that Dan Hanabry had requested a trade. I tell you what. You were unreal during the year. Sacked him. I'm devastated to see Dan go. I've devastated. Been, mate, I've been very, very clear on my position all year. Speaking of the trade period, Tommy. Speaking of the trade period, yeah, before we finish off for. Uh, finish off the 2018 season. Let's take a look towards next year and maybe a couple of trade targets that we might be uh, eyeing off in this off-season period. There's a, a name I'd like to just pick out here, Tommy. What's that, mate? What have you... Oh, he's about uh, 11 deep. Old Spuddy McCartan. Well, it's, he's been talked about. That's why he's on the list. He's been talked about as a potential uh, part of the swap for Dan I'll, Hanabry. I'll almost pack it in if we do that. Yeah, I'd prefer Jack joke. Billings or Jack Stephen oh, involved in it. No doubt about that. But I, I saw something silly being thrown around today. It was like, pick three... Third round pick. Third, and a, Hanabry and a third round pick going he, for Spud. It's, for it's, Spud McCartan. I want, <laughs> I want their first round pick and Spud McCartan at the very least for Dan yeah. Hanabry. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? And... Obviously, all you know, all jokes aside, I, I knock him about a fair bit. I, I personally don't rate him. I don't think he's developed in the way that he no. should. And I say that full well knowing that it, it takes longer for a key forward to develop. Mm-hmm. Whenever I watch St Kilda games, I've probably seen about five this year, I watch him closely and I just don't think he works hard enough. I don't I don't like his work rate. That's hey. what I don't that's what I don't love. The other thing that really frustra uh, sorry, not frustrates me, that scares me about the talk of him coming on board, uh, is that he is a diabetic and there's been two or three games in his time in St Kilda where he is off the field for like half an hour at a time. Yeah. Because because of his health. Now obviously he can't control that. But Sydney can control the decision as to whether you bring someone like that into your club. If, yeah. you, if you're going to delist Alex Johnson because of his chronic knee issues, you can't then Bang. go and yeah. bring Bang. in Paddy McCartan. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And I feel very, very sorry for Spuddy, all jokes aside, that he's got to live. Call him, you say, I feel like very sorry for him, just, and then follow it up by calling him Spuddy. Yeah, but it's just like a reaction. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an endearing term yeah. for him now. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he agrees. <laughs> I do. I feel sorry for Paddy. Because he's got to go, he's got to do that, but... And he's got to watch his brother be gun as well. That, to me, disqualifies him. Yep. The ones that I I really like, uh, that have been mooted as possible transfers to the Swannies, are the two Port Adelaide boys, Tommy Tommy Jonas Jonas and Chad Wingard. If we could add both of those boys to our back half, I would uh, like that very much. I reckon Chad would be an unbelievable half. Disagree about Chad, actually. I think he goes missing too much. Off half-back, where he can't go missing because he's always behind the ball. 
and, just... and it plays into his hands like soft touches. Yeah, exactly right. Like... He's got an electric left. <laughs> he does. Yep. He does. But God, the, yeah, you're right. If you if you have him as halfback the whole time, halfback I wing. Suppose that, uh, I mean, Matt, that he, kicks, he kicks like forty goals a year. He's so a yes, I know he goes he missing, but like forty go goals missing. a year, like it's it's pretty solid. Did he get forty goals this year? No, I don't think he has for a couple. Oh no, he did. He made all Australian, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. Cool. Yeah. No, he's a, yeah, he kicked thirty six. I think it was. I he's a genuine star when he's, he's when yeah. he's playing well. Yeah, and you I'd just have him. have him off halfback. I'd have him off halfback. We're all, we're for all sure. the yeah. on Tom Jonas though. Yeah, we all want, Tom, yeah, Jonas, we all want Tom. We all want Tom Jonas. But imagine transitioning Chad into Macca's role next year. Yeah, and then we got Chad just doing that for the next Sold. six or seven years. I love it. Cool. Um, <laughs> what about Jake Lloyd? Well, Lloyd, he's, the he's other, already he's there. The other halfback. He's already doing it. Okay. I thought I thought Lloyd was taking Mac <laughs> M- as well. Millsy. Oh, Lloyd is, yeah. nah. uh, Millsy? Millsy's well, there as well. I want Millsy up there. in the mids. I think to get um, a player like Jonas too with um, with a year still with Reg um, to sort of learn the caper a little yeah. bit, that would be very beneficial. I'm still big on Darcy Moore. I, I liked the way Darcy Moore went about it this year. I think he's got a, a bit uh, to yeah, whispers that that's already done yeah. as well. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I was about to say, it looks like it's pretty much happening. Get him. Um, definitely. Well, yeah. that's, uh, Pickering was on SEN this morning. And he, he said they're very close to re-signing with Collingwood. So, I mean, yeah. uh, everybody's, everybody's got, you know, rumours coming around. But um, Pickers is a notoriously bad liar as well. Yeah, yeah <laughs> correct. Notoriously a bad liar. Um, Stephen May, I'd say, is off the table. Yeah. Um, that looks Collingwood-bound. What about a couple of left field ones, boys? Have you oh, got here any, we go. Have you got any uh, any out of the woodwork that you'd throw up that you'd like at the Swannies? We know you do, Tommy. Yeah. Shield. I've heard Shield. Shield's been connected. I find it hard to believe. I feel like if he's going to leave Sydney, it's going to be to come home. Well, not apparently to, not he really to to likes Bondi. it in Sydney. Um, oh, well, it's just well, I mean, what's not to love, Mads? No, but he's I mean, Bondi. He would fit in very well with money. the Bondi boys. <laughs> it's just he's getting squeezed out with the salary cap. That's the only reason that he's yeah the the, uh, the shrinking yeah. GWS salary cap because he's got a he's got a missus there he really likes it there so it it makes sense they were talking about Andrew Gaff originally yeah Andrew Gaff said no apparently but, he met with Clarko today yeah. he was spotted with Alistair yeah. Clarkson I would love the Swannies I mean go. mate I could have a bloody coffee with Clarko if I wanted to <laughs> yeah. right he just makes catch up catches up loves anyway. a coffee I would love the Swannies to go hard at a player like Shield if I yeah. Yeah. if I, I yeah. sort of yeah. heard one point yeah. two million a season for Shield you're not even going to blink at it. The salary cap's getting bigger it's going up. Yep. every year. Especially you, you, without You're going to be able to now. fit yep. two players in at, at a million bucks a season. Like With Hannabry and Tippett gone, that's, the, that's the, huge. The space is opening up, yeah. and we need that explosive speed in our midfield. That's what he's, we need. He's what we're we, crying out so, for. Whether yeah. he gets there, it's and another question. We've but, got a, And the bloke is silk off both boots. Oh. And what does he do, boys? What do I love? Bit of scoreboard. Oh, impact. he hits the scoreboard. <laughs> Does he ever? So, Shield, Jonas, Wingard, we, we like them. Tick, tick, the tick. The wish list. We take any of them. Jonas, Jonas, and, Jonas and Shield, they're my two big ones. Yep. yep. Yeah. Bit of a Spud- left. Spud your hard third. Bit of a left field one. There's a free agent down at the Hawks, two-time premiership player, not getting every game this year, played a couple of box hill, played a couple at the Hawks, half forward slash half back. You can put him anywhere, good left footer. Taylor Jure, one to think about, maybe... Pick him I wouldn't up. say no. I wouldn't say no. That could be a good one. Definitely. Um, he, he's got that premiership experience. Um, that's a big tick. Um, left footers know how to kick the ball. Um, would definitely be an asset. Would have him 
playing a, playing a role, but what, um, definitely uh, beneficial. What, th- what about someone on the fringes from like the Richmond setup? They'll have a bit of overflow from the last couple of years. Not everyone can get a pay rise in a, in a team like that. Yeah, Sam Lloyd's probably going to be on there. That's the, not a bad yeah, one. Yep. He showed he kicked that goal after the siren against us, that which we'll never me. forget. That um, killed me. But he just hasn't got the opportunities. So someone that's like it. Him, he's got a lot. He's got a lot to offer, doesn't yep. he? Yep, he does. I like that. That's a good call. Any others, boys? Um, I, I do like Billings. Billings, yep. Yes. I, th- I think if St Kilda lose Billings, they are in a world of trouble because they're about to sign a man. Who can't oh, right, mate. He's on his way out. Run. Don't bloody clip him on his way out. I'm, you I'm, are unbelievable. I'm, I'm clipping him. Um, that, but they're in a, in all seriousness. I think that's They what... can't lose Jack Stephen and Jack Billings. That yeah. that will absolutely crucify them as a football club. I think I think Stevens Are they going to lose? I think Stevens will stay. I think Jack Stephen Stevens. will go to Geelong, personally. Okay. Um, but and and, and, play, and play what role? Half forward? Half anywhere. I, I would love... For mm, Billings to be a part of the Hanabi, Hanabri trade, that's how I feel. Like it would yeah. be really beneficial to be, us. That'd be yeah, that 100%. would be beneficial to us. And I, I, you know, he was a part of the Bond draft, and I used to give us and killed him a lot of stick for you know the fact that they went for Billings or they got Billings and Doggy's got Bond. But I think that he's kind of just a little bit stuck at St Kilda as well. Like the, obviously, like the development program. Oh, that's non-ex- non-existent. You took the words out of my mouth. I don't think we've seen many of those young players develop down there like they should. He's definitely got that potential um, to play a really damaging role at a good club. I'm not sure about where um, where a guy like Seb Ross is for in terms of a contract or a trade, but I'd never say no to having him. He's he's tough. Like there's a few, boss. there's a few boys at St Kilda that have got so much potential. Yeah. Even, even like like Jack Sinclair, I, I really liked in patches this year. I just don't, yeah, I don't think they've got the support around them as a footy club that, that a lot of other clubs do. So there's a bit there. I feel that at the end of the day, we need to go looking for players in with something that we don't have, and I think that's speed. That's where Dylan Shield is. That's where, where Shield is great, yeah. and even Billings. He's sort of that dashy player, half yep. forward. They're the two for me. I would argue we don't need Billings, Neither. but we need oh. Shield. We need Shield, a player like Shield for sure. And the, but the thing is, there's not many players. And let me tell you, like how about a bloody Holy Trinity? Hey, Dylan Shield, Luke Parker, Josh Kennedy. Yeah, that's huge. Massive. I'll take, take that over. Selwood, Danger, and Ablett. Well, what a year, boys. 2018. A what one. a bumper season review. Bumper. Bumper indeed. Hour and a half of the boys. Hour banging on about half. the club that we love. And don't we love doing that? This has been True Bloods, number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And that is it for another weekend for our first year of this program. Car the Mighty Bloods for 2019. Make sure you check us out on all the social channels, iTunes, Wooshka, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks so much to everyone who's taken their time to listen to us, banging on about the club that we love. We've absolutely loved the opportunity to do this in the Podular Media Studio every week throughout the footy season. We'll be back with a trade and draft update once all the lists are finalised. But until then, thanks to Madison Clark. Thank you very much, Tommy. And, uh, and thank you to the True Bloods faithful because we've had an absolute ball. And uh, I don't think we sort of envisioned... Uh, the amount of engagement that that we would uh, that we would get from doing this, as I said, we're just like 
talking shit about the club we love. So uh, we're happy to continue doing it. And, uh, and thanks for listening. And thanks to Ben Andrew. I echo all those thoughts. Can't be easy sitting here listening to us crap on about the <laughs> dribble that we go through. At least we have a good time. But uh, no, my, uh, my best regards to the True Bloods faithful also. And to you boys, it's been yes. a bloody fun year. And thanks to Dave Baxter. Yes, uh, Tommy, look, late starter, but uh, I was part of the faithful. And to come on and uh, talk about the club we love, it, it doesn't get better. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so thanks for having me on the last few weeks, boys, and uh, look forward to coming back next year. Mate, you're, a, uh, you're definitely a tick in the box of, um, of a mid-season draft, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. There's talks. A positive it? case study. <laughs> there we go. And my name is Tommy Flanagan. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved doing this this year. It's been uh, one of the, it's the best thing I'll, I'll do all week, come in here and, and talk to you boys about the Better Swannies. than 88.6 Plenty Valley FM? Uh, nearly as good as that. Grand final day, check it out. 88.6 Plenty Valley FM, McLeod versus West Preston Lakeside this Saturday afternoon, 2pm. Get on it. West Preston Lakeside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, well, yeah, well, I guess we'll hey, see you next year. On. It's imperative to just... <laughs> Ram home the fact that we will be replacing the Stingers. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. the stingers are coming. New Stingers for 2019. New Stingers. They'll be better. Robert Podula is on, on call. <laughs> All right. All right. It's been a pleasure, boys. We'll see you next year on True Bloods Up the Swannies. This has been a Podula Media Production.